I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Roy Keane, player, pundit, and possibly the riskiest person we've ever chosen to profile on this podcast. Please don't hurt us, Roy. Legendary treble-winning captain at United, the joint most decorated Irish footballer of all time, played for Ireland at one World Cup and one World Cup training camp. More on that later. Plus, author. Last week, we read Mick McCarthy's 2002 World Cup diary, and now it's time for Roy's book from the same year, Keen, the Autobiography. But what will the book club think of it? Find out in Mick McCarthy versus Roy Keane, part two. The tension in my body all the way through, it reminded me of when I saw Uncut Gems. <laughs> it's kind of like an Eamon and Frankie situation, if anyone remembers. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to be eating pasta all the time, Mick. We've got to be eating pasta all the time. This is also during an era where he's living like Alan Partridge in a travel tavern. Shakespearean. This is Shakespeare. Hello and welcome to Football Book Club. The only book club where, instead of literary classics, each episode we read another footballer's autobiography. Less J.D. Salinger... More Alex Manninger. Oh. oh, that's pretty good, right? It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. That one is hot off the press. Um, I don't know if that's actually the correct. I always thought it was Alex Manninger, but I had to read really no, no, it. It's, Man- it's Manninger. Okay, that's good. Football I catcher wrong, in the rye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. The football catcher. Everyone's <laughs> favorite football what, catcher. What, what position do you play? I am the football I'm catcher. catcher. <laughs> uh, I, I primarily catch the ball. Um, that was, that's hot off the press, by okay. the way, guys. I was sent that on Instagram uh, two days ago. Wow. Ian, uh, Ian O'Loughlin. Uh, on mm. Instagram, so thank you very much for that. Well, you could tell it was hot of the press because, of course, a recent player like Alex Manninger. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, I've got to get an Alex Manninger pun in. Uh, I'm James Bug, and over the weeks we'll be reading such classics as Steve Claridge's Beyond the Boot Camps and Ledley King's King. But today it's part two of Mitt McCarthy versus Roy Keane, and we're reading Roy Keane's infamous Roy Keane, the autobiography from 2002. And joining me to read it are Jack Bernhardt. Hi. And welcome to the show, the brilliant comedian, writer, and goal catcher, and the host of the Way They Were podcast, it's Gronny Maguire. Hey guys, I'm just hey. doing my job. I'm just doing my job. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just doing my job. Just doing your job. Uh, how are you? 
I'm so excited to talk about this book. I cannot tell you. This is yeah. Really? This was a game. I I read this book while I was listening to Barbara Streisand's memoir, and every now and then I got them muddled <laughs> up in my head. <laughs> that is, uh, I can imagine that takes some doing. Are, are they are they yeah. very similar characters, Roy and Barbara? Listen, I'll get into it. Extremely similar, I think. Personally, okay, interesting. Do you think anyone's ever? Ever done that before? By the way, read Alex Man- <laughs> so read uh, Roy Keane's book and uh, Barbara Streisand's book at uh, the same time. That should have been the real challenge. We should have done Streisand versus Keane. That should have been it. <laughs> <laughs> Sack met McCarthy. Off. That sounds miles Two better. Two stroppy divas. Yeah, two <laughs> stroppy divas. But am I right in thinking? Wasn't because um, I spoke to you about this, Gronia, not long ago. Uh, Barbara Streisand's book wasn't enormous. Really, really long. Nine hundred pages. <gasps> Boy, Bloody hell. half the size of Roy Keane's, but no, Roy Keane's, but much, no. <laughs> much, much shorter. Thanks. Felt longer. Felt longer. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't say too much bad about Roy. We honestly, that that is that was my big. There was two reasons why I was wary about doing this book. One, because you know it's a very well known football book, and there's a couple of things in there which we'll get to later. Mick McCarthy and Alpha Inga Harland, which everyone knows about their thing and second reason why is i if that me yeah, sure fair enough um <laughs> I no now, idea now you do which is good um and and secondly the other reason why is uh, i i don't i, I don't want to piss off roy Keane. of all the people in the world i don't want to piss mm. off with this is oh. roy can i tell you um when my husband I, I, it's so awful we've been married nearly a year and a half and i still say Husband. Husband. When he sometimes when he's watching the football, mm-hmm. as you boys do, mm-hmm. um, he'll be I he has it on and I'm not paying any attention to it and I'm just popping about doing my own little thing. And every now and then I'll hear Roy Keane's voice saying, Maguire's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just <laughs> <laughs> Terrifies me. <laughs> is, is, is that what kind of uh, made you want to choose this book, Gronia? What was it? What was it that made you want to go for Roy? Because we had some options. I think. Okay. No, it had to be Roy. It was only going to be Roy. Okay. It was only going to be Roy. So I, my background, I know nothing about football, really, basically nothing. But I was um, a young person in Ireland in the nineties with the whole um, what's his name. The Jack guy Charlton? The hat that Jack Charlton. Jack Charlton. That's it. Jackie's army. Oh my God. I remember one time coming home from primary school going, I think we might win the World Cup. I remember my <laughs> sister saying, yeah, yeah, we're probably going to win it now because we bet Italy. So it was like, we actually are probably going to win it now. <laughs> so I remember that excitement. And then I remember um, Roy, obviously, when he's playing Man United, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of the glamour of, of Man United in the 90s. And then I remember vaguely just kind of like a folk memory of Saipan Roy losing his head and the mm-hmm. whole country couldn't talk about anything else for about two years so <laughs> I've always found him a fascinating personality he, he definitely is he definitely is yes. and uh he's he's got two books obviously we're only doing the original one uh which came out uh, around the same time as it McCarthy's book, just before I think we found out, wasn't that right, James? August two thousand two. I just asked myself that question. Wasn't that right, James? We're recording this quite late at night. So, oh, hang on, what was that noise? It's it's Roy. It's Roy. Yeah, Roy's Fuck. <laughs> Roy's Get in the down. Air He's in the air vents. <laughs> now, last time out, Gronia, um, you weren't here, but um, we read Mitt McCarthy's World Cup diary with a fellow writer Andy Walton. I th- I wasn't sure if the noise was going to be for Andy Walton or for that. Sorry when you went like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, wow, rude. Um, it went down averagely. Fair to say, Jack. Yeah, it got five point yeah. six six. I think it was a. Yeah. It, it was. It was. That was long. Now that was a long that, book. That uh, was long, and it felt longer than it was as well. So yeah. And I had high hopes for this book. Were those hopes misplaced? Let's find out if Roy can beat Mick. Uh, as we read, Roy Keane's Keane, the autobiography. So, over the show, we're going to be going into the book in depth. There's a quiz and a dramatic reading. Uh, everything he does is dramatic, basically. <laughs> so it's very hard to narrow down and find one dramatic <laughs> reading. 11. Yes. He's one or 11. Exactly. Yeah, He's those, either those doing shots, yeah. eating kebabs, <laughs> yeah. or having a nervous breakdown because, you know... His football kit is an iron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no five. Frequently both, I'd yeah, say. He's, yeah. He, yeah, he could be having a, a one and eleven day at the same time. It's an extremely dramatic book. Um, but first, do you want to hear what Amazon's saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the book has four point six stars from Get This, five hundred and fifty-one ratings. Oh, and I remember this book came out pre-Amazon. I yeah. think probably two thousand two. No, 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 not pre- pre-Amazon. So sorry, but yeah, maybe pre- not. But like pre, pre, like internet being big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's probably is not that, true. What is that out of? <laughs> that's out of uh, five. Four point six. That, that, that is a ridiculously oh, okay, okay, high okay. score. It's very good from that amount of ratings, I would say. Yeah. To put it in context, Gary Lineker's favorite football stories has one star from one rating. So. <laughs> no, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is putting it in no kind of context. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, it's a five star review from Gladys Hindman. Uh, which reads, brilliant if you are a fan. My husband isn't a book reader. Got this for holidays. Holidays were cancelled, but once he started to read, he couldn't put it down. <laughs> so sorry about that, Gladys. Uh, but that's what she thinks. <laughs> what did you all think of the I book? want to know more about the holiday being cancelled. And, be- and the fact that she was like, well, at least we get to spend some time together. And he was like, nope. <laughs> nope, I'm going to read that book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what did you all think of it? Gronia, as the guest, please kick us off. I... Loved it. Ooh. You know what it reminded me of? We very rarely get it that, sorry, was... on the show. We very rarely get someone say, I loved it. That's a that's a real change for us. I loved it. I read it in less than a week. Wow. And, you know, g- genuinely, it reminded the tension in my body all the way through. It reminded me of when I saw, in the cinema, Uncut Gems. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a very good comparison. That's extremely good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> It's the football version of Uncut John. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's this complicated anti-hero mm-hmm. driven by these demons that he's only beginning to to really admit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Compulsively self-destructing, mm. getting irritated. The whole chapter just about getting tickets for his friends. Mm. I nearly threw the the book at a wall i couldn't handle I, it I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I think uh, jack will get onto that later i know that particularly irked him he messaged me about that yeah. as well but <sighs> yeah a page turner a thriller <laughs> jack- an absolute thriller <laughs> jack i have a feeling you're going to say you don't quite agree with Gronia, which is gonna make some great material <laughs> i i have never hated a football book more <laughs> whoa <laughs> this is so polarizing <laughs> I despise this book. Wow. <laughs> With every fiber of my being, I oh, hate it. Wow, I, is... oh, I I yeah, I I I hate it. I hate wow. it so much. <laughs> what what was the wor- what's what's the book you've disliked the most so far on the podcast? Hasselbanks, uh, maybe? Penance? I didn't like Hasselbanks very much. I didn't like Penance, but it had a kind of there's a kind of smarmy like arrogance to it that I quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. This this is so devoid of joy. 
mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And it's so devoid yeah. of, as a result, I find it so devoid of purpose. I kind of was like reading it. And by the end of it, I was like, what is football? Why do I care about football? <laughs> yeah, this man like has dedicated his life to football. He won he talked about it. he won four Premier League titles. He won mm-hmm. the treble. He won he won two doubles. Um, he has been the most successful player ever. But he is the most miserable, hateful, joyless man. And I it just it just made me go like what what are any of us doing with our lives? Mm. Like like what's well, like what's Roy doing in his life? Obviously, but then like also it by extension like what purpose do any of us if if he has no joy then then what are any of us doing? Jeez. I'm never going to be as successful as him. Therefore, and he's not happy. So, so, so why am bother? I ever going to be happy? Yeah, what's the point? Oh, we, we've, we've done it after 70 episodes and we've broken Jack. There we go. <laughs> really, <laughs> 70 really books in. broken. Oh, wow. I just, well, it, it may be very sad and very angry. Oh, God. Uh, Grania, any rebuttal? Well, I. <laughs> this I is now going to be the episode. I, I think, think that's what oh, no. it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tennis match. I think maybe that. I think maybe that's why I liked mm. it because I think you're right. There isn't a lot about football in it. I think it's about it's more about like the nature of like obsession. Yes. It's like obsession, mm-hmm. and I think it's really interesting because, like I said at the start, so when he's just sort of an ambitious young footballer, what I found so and it's really interesting like when it shifted, when did it change? Because he was. Like this, and I was talking to my husband about it, and he said it was quite common, like, you know, the idea we have about footballers and they're all like, like weighing out their pasta and mm. like doing all these, like exercising and like as if they're, they're training for NASA is like a relatively new concept. Yeah. And the like sports science the early side of things. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Yeah. And it's reading the early chapters where he's like, when he was playing for uh, fo- uh, Nottingham Forest. Forest, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Nottingham Forest. Yeah. And he will be like on the lash from Sunday to Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. And then sort of like, all right. So he's like, and then arrive like training hungover. So we see that person then change, Jackie, exactly like you said, to this like driven, mm-hmm. obsessive person, like obsessed, obsessed with this perfectionism and his lack of self-awareness. Mm. Yes. This is, this is what Jack Towards said. Towards the end yeah, Jack- is so... Fascinating. I hate to make my private messages from Jack public, but Jack no, also used the word lack of self-awareness in a message to me it, earlier about me. But I think that's right. And I think what's interesting is that I, I do think it, it's it's almost, I think what I find quite frustrating about it is that he's so close to getting it because it's mm-hmm. he's so close to getting that self-awareness. But throughout the book, there's a kind of, it, it seems to fluctuate between self-loathing like uh, of, of who he mm. used to be in, in an almost like evangelical manner like mm. he, he's almost like like there's a bit there's a really upset I, I found this bit really upsetting where he says like i recently watched a couple of videos of me um playing for man united when i first got there like uh, to the club and i was surprised by how average i was like not like now where i'm really good and it was sort of like like that that like level of self-loathing and perfectionism and nothing's ever going to be good enough it's half that and it's half then also the world is wrong and i am the only sane person and i'm the only person who can who can like can fix it and it's sort of it it it, it ne- neither are correct. I understand why but, both but, exist, but yes. Yeah. But does a but, like, does a does a footwork have to be correct in that way? No, like, no, I think that's no. like, that's why I actually think the book is good. I, I'm cyber Gronia in that way because it is a pretty 
perfect insight into Roy Keane's mind, I imagine. I, I do think it, it works very well in that regard. And uh, yeah, actually, one thing it reminded me of, weirdly, Jemba Wayne Rooney's book we read, yeah, Jack. Obviously, yeah. Grania, obviously I'm, I'm assuming you haven't read that book as well. If you have, I don't know why. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. No spoilers. <laughs> um, but Jemba oh, Rooney's book was a bit like, bang, the ball hits the back of the net. I feel great. This kind of thing. It was like kind of like a strategic consciousness. And yeah. Roy Keane's book is a little bit like that, but miles better. It was a bit like Wayne Rooney, the person who wrote Wayne Rooney's book, read Roy Keane's book, was like, we're going to try and do that. But there's just nothing interesting really going on. No, because like Keane. Rooney, Rooney had a sense of joy. I, on, honestly, oh, I think he, this he, is true. He definitely had a sense of joy. And I think that, that, that there's also really upset, not upset. I, actually, no, I'm going to say it's upsetting. There's a bit in it where he talks about there's no such thing as glory. There's mm-hmm. just vindication. And that made me so upset mm-hmm. as a, like, conceptually, that idea that, like, there's no such thing as being, there's a, there's a bit where he says happiness is, there's no such thing as happiness. Happiness is not being afraid. That's his version <laughs> of happiness. Like, that's, that, I, I find this interesting. I find no, this fascinating. So, so okay, okay. So, fascinating. Yeah. So it is, it is Did you imagine there'd be but... more joy in Roy Keane? No, but I, I think it just made me so upset about that that someone could live like that. It really made me like angry and upset. That what I find, what I find so fascinating, but and sorry for no, no, definitely is that like, you know, we we have this obsession nowadays with balance mm. about mm. like do this but do that and blah blah blah, and that I find that so boring. Mm. Like allow extraordinary people to be strange and mm. odd and maybe unhappy and then they do they achieve all these incredible I, things but it comes at a sacrifice i agree and i think i think like take barbara streisand <laughs> or martin scorsese are they easy people to be around no they're not no they're not and this is what roy Keane is it's about the nature of obsession. the three musketeers uh, martin scorsese so so i again i completely I, in a weird in a weird way artistically i understand i think it's a dangerous game to play yes which is that that you have to be mm-hmm. somehow a terrible you know like in order to be uh, talented you must be a, a dickhead you must like mm. be a, a which, which extremely I don't think, which driven which he is in extreme, this in this, in this world I, he, yeah I also think there is a there is something that Roy doesn't understand, even though he says it constantly about football being a team game, and mm-hmm. this idea that really one person can't win the whole thing, and you have to be okay with the concept of appreciating other people. Like he talks about, you know, how Ferguson's really good at managing different people, and like you know, sometimes you shout, sometimes you don't, but it, at the same time. Keane has a very specific way of doing things that he expects everyone else to do as well, to the point that he can't be happy if they if they show some deviation from that. Um, to put this in context, though, this book came out in 2002, so this is uh, yeah, a good time into his United career, but yeah. kind of at the peak-ish of his powers, he's what, about yes. 31 in this book or so? Maybe uh, I, think he's, I think he's approaching 30, yeah. Maybe approaching 30, okay, sure. So I guess at this point of his career, he really is... Like it'd be very different if you wrote this book today, for example. I'm well, sure I, th- probably- th- I, I think I think this is what I really want to know, and I kind of, even though I hate this book with a passion, I really quite want to read the next book. Yeah, because I, re- to see I want to see come to his life later. Exactly, when he's that's out of that fear. mode where he's got to keep achieving and keep achieving and keep but achieving. I, but I, I worry that he that he wouldn't because I don't think there's any point where he seems to uh, like just stop and be like, okay, th- this is enough. Not not like 
therefore it, it but he did um, weird because he did kind of uh, do you retire quite early i can't have you quite retired quite early but he, he, he well he had a, he had a fallout and then with, just like yeah. left he had really a fallout quick, with yeah. um with ferguson and then um went and to then celtic, celtic and played very it. briefly yeah. and then left at celtic as well after yeah that. but i i feel like that i don't know that that sort of speaks of someone who could never really be happy and it just sort of uh, maybe maybe i could read this again with less emotion and mm. i'd be like oh actually it's quite interesting but i just at the time i it almost i, I again so something i texted james within the first like four pages i've written fuck off five times in the in, in the margins because i just couldn't because it's such I, I think it's just such a it's such a horrible mindset that pervades this book so much that i can't I can't separate myself from it. I just, I, yeah, yeah. One thing I will um, uh, have a go at him for is, uh, again, Gronny, sorry to bring up a book that we did before, but Roy somehow even managed to take the joy out of Jason McAteer's Harry Ramsden Fish and Chip Challenge. Yes, <laughs> he did. <laughs> All the way back in series one. <laughs> I, I did find that very confusing. I kept, I read that about three times and I even Googled <laughs> the, the name of the chip shop because I was like, I'm missing Harry Ramsden. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. I was like, "What is going so on?" The, the, so apparently, on? this was <laughs> this, this came off in Jason McAteer's book, and it's yeah. really funny. I think he was one uh, of the players who tried it, didn't he? I think. Who tried it and failed miserably. Yeah. Basically, they all had before quite an important match. Jack Chant was like, "We're going to do the Harry Ramsden fish and chip challenge, where you have to eat a massive yeah. fish and chips." Yeah. Um, and then they they played two days later, and of course, they lost horribly. All sick, <laughs> Roy is right to bring it up as a, as an example of. Well, I'm sure that's not all that was brought yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it imagine Roy like... Keane watching on as that was happening. There. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Fury. Just drinking his Gatorade and eating his boiled pasta. <laughs> Just like sitting up there. Well, except, except this is, okay, this is another thing that I think I found quite annoying. It's not as if it was Roy Keane, the, um, the, you know, the sports scientist, uh, the, the, the wonderful person, like that concept of like Roy Keane being really into his like, uh, pasta and really into his like fitness and all the rest of it. Mm. That is, um, really into kind of, He's, he's, he's really like he's, like, what's that? Like he's, Gia yeah. de Campo. Yeah, yeah. Gia de Campo. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say Bruno yeah. Tonyolo's going, that's the wrong Italian. That's the wrong Italian. Who do I mean? But he, like, it, it's, it's again weird because he sort of sets us up in the book. But actually, like, if you look at the timelines, like, when he talks to Mick McCarthy, there's a bit at the end or towards the end when they're talking about, like, qualifying for the World Cup, he says, like, we've got to be eating pasta all the time, Mick. We've got to be eating pasta all the time. And. <laughs> <laughs> Gio de Campos there as well being like this is great for me um, and Mick's like I completely agree we're definitely going to eat pasta and then the next time they have a training camp they're eating cheese uh, sandwiches and Roy Keane's oh, like, what the fuck is this that's my, my, my one of my favourite lines in the book that, that exact so line fucking cheese sandwiches an hour and a half before training 24 hours before a vital World Cup qualifier <laughs> no one is safe from, from, no from one, Roy Keane his and, fury well, I, but, but, but what's, what's interesting is if you actually look at the timeline of that like he is still heavily drinking with United like in the late 90s mm. and, and in the early noughties. Like, it's not as if he sort of like but, had this moment where he was like, and then I learnt my lesson. I wouldn't I, drink I again. Think, or like, I wouldn't. I think that it, that's it, why he gets so annoyed in some ways because no, he knows then, that he doesn't always conform to his perfect idea of what it is. He knows he should be able to control that anger and not get sent off in matches or not um, go too mad a night out and have to go out for drinks with all his teammates, which also I found a very strange thing that Roy Keane feels like he has to be the life of the party, which I, I, I God, was not yeah. a Roy Keane. That was also, yeah. Even with that. Dennis Irwin's mates, that, I, I was a really interesting side to him in that. But I do feel that like sometimes those kind of people get more annoyed at other people's flaws when they see those flaws in themselves in some ways. And I think that was actually, 
you know, reading between the lines a little bit, which I like to do. I think there's two things going on, and I don't know if we're getting to, but tell me if we're, if we're getting to this bit later. But I think what I find fascinating is that he's got he's such a he's got this he's got so much rage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's hinted at, and the way he, it seems like, so I knew nothing about his football career at all, mm-hmm. but it was like every now and then, it was like red cards just kept happening yeah. to him. <laughs> it was like he was going for a run, yep. and he was having a lovely time, <laughs> kicking the ball, and bang, he got a red card. Yep. And it kept sabotaging him, mm. and sabotaging him. Well, I don't know that we'll get into the big, the Euro final, whatever it was. The hoo-ha. He completely he sabotaged that for himself. Oh, you mean um, the, cha- the Champions League cards. final? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Final. yeah, yeah. The Champions he missed the, League he missed the final. Semi. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, he, no, he, 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 semi, yeah. he got made a bunch of the semi, sorry, against Juventus, wasn't it? Yeah, and then missed the final, yeah. yeah. But he, so he absolutely sabotaged that for himself. There's no reflection whatsoever of my anger issues, my lack of control caused me to lose that. Yeah. yeah. It just, it, immediately it goes to this obvious burning jealousy mm-hmm. yeah. for all the other players that he refuses to acknowledge that he sabotaged it for himself mm-hmm. and, and he never says anything about mm-hmm. it and and he also like spends the time going like football is a team sport like oh the most important thing i learned is that football is a team sport like he talks about like when he was at forest like oh he he thought you know he could do it himself but actually he found out that football is a team sport and then in that situation and in many other situations when he can't be part of the team he just has a a a fury and a rage towards everyone else which Mm -hmm. is sort of like you have to understand as you say football is a team sport and that you know he did very well in that champions league semi-final before he got well when he even after he got the booking because he sort of drove everyone forward and that i think has often been sort of like cited as like roy Keane, the selfless person who's sort of you know doing Mm -hmm. stuff for the team but really it was interesting reading that because afterwards it sort of felt like he just felt this annoyed at himself but also at the team for sort of like i like that he had to be the one who got everyone up and therefore that meant he got a bookie and therefore he's out of the, this champions league final and therefore yes. like there's a lot of like it, it's both my fault constantly uh and i am i should hurt myself consistently over and over again and never never say that i'm good enough for joy and happiness and also everyone else is is it's everyone else's fault and i hate them so much for for what they make me do to myself Mm. and uh, yeah Yeah. i found i it is from a from a like from a like a psychological point it's it's a really interesting insight into roy Keane's life but i just or into roy Keane's head but i don't want to be in roy Keane's head i i I just want to get out of some people are and I, I, yeah. I know, not to quite the same extent, but there's plenty of bits I found pretty relatable with him. That especially just yeah. largely just beating yourself up mainly all the way yeah. through. Yeah, but, but I, I, I actually I, thought I, it was it was it was very frank in that respect. But I suppose what I would have liked, and I suppose this is what I hope that happens in the second book, is that he is able to acknowledge. Which we're that, not reading, by uh, the way, just in case anyone gets would... excited on the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not happening. <laughs> I'm not reading. Oh, no, I yeah. sort of do. On to, yeah, if you go back on it, as you so frequently do, James, on yeah. on your yeah. promises that we won't read a certain book. Um, but that, like, I saw it, it felt a little bit like a a joke without a punchline, or like a, mm. a that there's no relief. There's no like, as Gronya says, to say. I was sabotaging myself or I was so angry yep. and I couldn't see that I was sabotaging myself and I couldn't see that I was beating myself up unfairly or that, you know, perfectionism is is a good and necessary thing to have, but it actually kind of ruined my career when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because as you say, James, he didn't, he hadn't got to that stage of his career yet uh, of the end point. I just mm-hmm. hope that after it's all 
happened, he's able to both a reflect on that he he had a very good career and he did very well, and also say see that like he didn't need to cause himself that amount of pain, um, because sort of the 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 thing that comes out at the end of the book is basically like yes, I should continue to be horrible to myself and to other people because that's the only way I can be successful, which is an awful message to have. I, yes, but do you think, cynically, there, he is kind of coming out fighting at this point because obviously this is just after the, stu- the, the stuff we're going to talk to later, the, um, the, the training camp with yeah. our friend Mick. Uh, from Lo- not taking no sides here. <laughs> oh, well, Connor no! is taking sides here. That was a big <laughs> thumbs just up. Thumbs, a, down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thunder, thumbs down, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he is coming out fighting at this point. And he kind mm. of wants to show, like, why his standards are higher than the Irish stand, the Irish football team standards uh, mm. at that point, because that's kind of what he's rallying against at this it's, moment. Yeah, so it, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that Roy Keane's written 300 pages to be that petty, but also, I, I, he probably, I'm not putting it past him entirely. Well, I, but I also think it's, it's not a great time for him to release an autobiography, except for the fact that he wants to answer these criticisms on uh saipan like like that's basically the only reason this autobiography has happened here Do you know it's it's like this autobiography it's like his reputation album yeah yeah, yeah. okay a little yeah. bit yeah it's like uh, this is my petty phase but, it, but like i don't know because at the same time there as you say james and you know there's a lot of like m- managing his reputation and managing his like like you know he's got to come out fighting but he also talks about how much he hates the idea of like pr and he hates the idea of like putting on a show for anyone so Mm -hmm. i can't quite tell if he is aware of that inconsistency or if he's if he if he's sort of like portraying himself as the hard man or portraying himself as the as going says putting himself into the reputation like taking his life events and making that a part of his story mm-hmm. and therefore ca- carefully cre- like curating a narrative for himself or if he is just so rage driven <laughs> and uh angry that he can't see the um he can't see the fact that he is being managed by people around him and that everything he hates about football is sort of he is he is sort of guilty of that as well i don't think we've ever mm. gone this long Maybe it's the standard of book we normally read, but I don't think we ever got half an hour or so without actually I'm mentioning so like s- any one thing from the book. <laughs> I'm so just sorry. It's yeah, all about um, what's kind of not being written. It's <laughs> like, Shakespeare. It is. This book is Shakespeare. I'm glad you see that too, Gronia. And actually, just sticking on Irish football for a second, as, as we were saying, Roy Keane pulls no punches. Uh, he goes two feet in. He goes two feet yeah. in at all times. And one person who I was kind of surprised, I'm not anymore having read the book, but I was quite surprised when I saw it the first time reading. Uh, Jack Charlton, what did you think of that, Gronny? He wasn't very complimentary to him at all. This was a game changer because like all, like a lot of Irish people, I think Jack Charlton was so famous. He was beloved. Mm. He was like every Irish house, a picture of the Pope, <laughs> John F. Kennedy, Jack Charlton. <laughs> he was beloved. He was advertising everything. He was fishing with Jack Charlton, Jack Charlton. And reading this book, I was so angry. With who? With and who? I just with, with Jack Charlton. With Jack Charlton. Okay, okay. So, interesting. I was like, I was one hundred percent Team Roy. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Because there's sort of two different things. So sort of there's a. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but it's like you you come from a sort of small town or small community, and you leave to pursue a career. Mm-hmm. And you do well in the, that career in another place. And then when you come back, the um, amateurishness of it will get 
to you like nothing else. It's so frustrating. And I think mm. I remember like the few times, I hope I'm not as awful now, but I know a few times where no way went away to London to comedy writing, blah, blah, blah. And then when I go home and I watch Irish television, Irish sketch shows, I'm like, this is dog shit. Oh my <laughs> God, what is this? This is bad. So I kind of understand you just are so much more, when you come back to your own community, you're so much harder on it. So mm. I think that's a big thing here. But also, FAI is corrupt it's so it, it's so bad it is a joke it is a joke and i can mm. see roy's frustration with how amateurs and how they played into the whole like oh irish people were just happy to be here and i mm-hmm. it is kind of grating we don't really take soccer as seriously as a sport it's always like oh yeah we, we've got the best fans that's what we do we've got the yeah. best fans and for somebody who's as talented as Roy is at the top of his career and he sees how talented the team is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I it was a good imagine. team imagine yeah. yeah it was something so frustrating mm. that you've got like uh, Jack Charlton and Mick McCarthy these are British men lecturing him about having a bit of national pride all he wants is to do it properly that's all he wanted yeah with the with the jack charles and what jack charles kind of thinks it acts as though he's doing them a favor in roy's kind of yeah. world really isn't yeah, it that, definitely Mick mccarthy's yeah. slightly different because at least Mick mccarthy has got a bit of a attachment to it. i i suppose i know jack charles and, and isn't I, anywhere yeah. Uh, I, but I don't know. That could be wrong. Maybe Bobby. And but I, I do. I do definitely yeah. see the the Jack. At least Charlton Mick was captain also. and stuff like that in the past. Yeah, so. there's a there's a kind of. And I think Jack Charlton also, like, it was interesting hearing like the lack of tactics and stuff as mm. frustrating for yes. yeah. um for Roy. I do. I do think there's something that's slightly unfair that he never really talks about, which is that the difference between like club football tactics and national team tactics are so different because yep. you only have a certain amount of time exactly to tournament them. tactics are very different that is true very yeah. different and so it's yeah. really unfair to sort of be like well it's not as you know man united is. yeah because you're playing with man united week in week out exactly and you're not gonna yeah. get that, that with ireland so therefore quite a lot of of national team football is basically just have a go <laughs> yeah <laughs> have and, a go guys and we don't also, have much time yeah and also I mean, as good as the island team was they're still not I know, Gronia, you and your sister thought you were going to win the World Cup at that time. It, probably, yeah, it would yeah. have been a struggle. Like there was, a, you know, there was a, there was a. Sinead was confident. I don't, I don't, I don't want to doubt Sinead, but like, uh, you know, this was, this was Brazil with Romario and stuff like that. This kind of time and uh, yeah, some, it's, some really, it's, really and, great teams. It's, it's, it's obviously uh, sometimes when you they're probably going to be the underdog in most of these kind of games. Sometimes you need some more. You're not going to beat them necessarily uh, by playing your football around them. You've kind of got to go for yeah. slightly more long balls, tactics, that kind of thing. However, I do agree that it was a bit, um, yeah, that there was definitely flaws of jacks in there. Um, just as a bit of nuance, so Eamon Dumphy, who ghost wrote this book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a famous sports journalist in Ireland. And I remember okay. in the 90s, he was infamous, like really infamous for being incredibly critical of Jack Charlton. Ah, Like it was like, he was notorious because he was like on all the, after all the the matches, he would always really tear into Jack Charlton. And he was the Mm. only person who did. And it was really because he was basically a saint. So it was, he became like a real controversial figure in Ireland because he was so mean about so Jack Charlton. Do you think that's why uh, Roy sought him out? Yeah, I was like, you. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're the... Write my book, I hate him too. That's so interesting because then Mick McCarthy on his book teamed up with uh, Carhol someone or yeah, his surname. Yeah, uh, Devon who, who Carl, hates Roy Keane. Who Keen. hates Roy Keane. So they yeah. really, oh, 
that, that actually, there, that's, that's some very important subtext, I think. It really does. Um, it's kind of like an Eamon and Frankie situation, if anyone remembers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was that song what called? A reference. What was it called? F U R F U Right Back. Yeah. That, was the se- that, that was the sequel, but what was the original one called? I Don't Want You Back. Was the first one called I Don't Want You Back? Yeah, it probably was. It probably yeah. was I Don't Want You Back. Yeah. F A U Right Back. Yeah. F A I U. F A I U Right Back. Very good. Very good. Has anyone got an out of context, Roy Keane, for me, please? Uh, okay, I got one. Okay, I, the one I didn't find there were that many in this book because oh, found I had like it... five or six. So I... really, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Nicknamed the baby-faced assassin, Ollie really was both baby-faced and an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grania, do you have one? All right, this is I. I gasped when I read this out loud. My first few weeks as a professional player with Forrest confirmed what I suppose I'd always known. The world was full of bluffers, conmen, and whingers. Oh, God. And that, that comes up a lot. <laughs> I, I, okay. Can I... Sorry. I, actually, no, no. You do your out of context. No, 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 no. Go on, go on. Go on. Oh, say, say your thought. I think the one thing that really occurred to me in this book is that I, I feel like Roy... And that's a really good example of it. Roy creates a narrative in his mind and then finds evidence to back that narrative up. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a big one, this idea that the world is full of con men, bluffers, and PR people. Mm-hmm. And he, he gets that into his head quite quickly. And then from that moment on, he is then throughout his life looking for bluffers and con men and people to be like, this backs mm-hmm. up what I was saying before. And similarly with the Irish national team, I, Grania, I think you're probably absolutely right, and the FIA is, is uh, corrupt and terrible. But I do also think that once... The Lots thoughts of the contributors, like, not necessarily the thoughts of the podcast, yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> am I a contributor or am yeah, I the podcast? Uh, yeah, I can't tell. You're a contributor as well. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, Your James told me private as yeah. well that that he that he agrees. <laughs> no, right. the um the the like he 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 gets us into he gets it, it, this idea that like the Ireland national team is you know they're only there for a good time and they're 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 only going to do like they're only there to have fun and they've got the best fans and off they go again and i think that while that may have been true in 90 and 94 having read mick's book i don't think it is true in 2002 but i don't think and mm-hmm. there was never going to be enough evidence to convince roy of mm-hmm. the of the the change of the change he's not someone who is able to change his like, despite the fact he talks about i changed my mind and you know uh, mm-hmm. like it, and and the, his, his change of mind is quite a big topic in the McCarthy section like he doesn't i think once he has an idea in his head that he will follow it just regardless of if the the, the facts are there or he'll find the facts and pick them out because there's another bit as well where he says um once once they'd won the champions league the height of their thing he believes that like complacency crept in and it's because someone mm-hmm. like offhandedly said ah oh, we don't need to ever win another trophy again do we lads yeah. and roy takes that phrase and is like never win another trophy again never win another trophy again <laughs> but it doesn't count because i didn't win it it doesn't yeah. count that's i think that's definitely an implication there he sort of talks about yeah. like we were lucky to win that trophy against the germans because they were having a shit day and we were lucky to win it you're like you won the fucking champions league you were treble winners just enjoy your life roy anyway he once he once once he says that I think once he gets that into his head of like we, you know, the complacency has crept in, he sort of then creates this idea that complacency has overtaken mm-hmm. Man United. I think, despite the fact that they go on to win the next two titles, that is very um, true. You, you are absolutely right with that, Jack. 
and I agree. Yeah. Uh, but uh, can I read my out of context line now? I'm so. <laughs> oh, this is why I said. Here we so go. Sorry. So complicated. This is the it just, place of it just reminded, It was just when you said it, it really reminded you. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, fair enough. Uh, unlike people, dogs don't talk shite. Anyway, cool. There we go. <laughs> That is, that is my one. Time now for a break. When we return, we'll be talking Roy the Ticket Tout. And yes, we're heading to Saipan. Hello, James here. And we at Football Book Club want you. That's right, you, to join something special, something exclusive. We want you to join the Football Book Club Club. The Football Book Club Club is the home of even more Football Book Club action. And now it's cheaper than ever to become a full member at just £3.50 a month. There's three tiers. By signing up to our Bookworm tier, you get an exclusive members-only episode of Football Book Club every fortnight, filling the gap between regular episodes with more book club fun and, frankly, a frighteningly deeper analysis of whatever book we're reading the episode. Plus, you get access to all the bonus episodes recorded so far. There's over 20 of them on there. Well, 20. And most excitingly, you'll get your hands on a special edition Money Can't Buy bookmark you can put inside your personal copy of Darren Huckabee's Hucks. All that for just £3.50 a month. For context, that's a tenth of the cost of a cameo message from Ian Dowie. And a cameo is, what, 30 seconds? For that price, you get 10 episodes. That's three and a half hours of content. I dread to think what you have to pay to get three and a half hours of content from Ian Dowie. You'd have to remortgage your house. But I digress. And if that's still not right for you, if you really love the show, you can join the Super Bookworm tier. And if you like the show but don't want to pay that much, you can support the show for just £1 a month on the Casual Reader tier. You won't get the bonus episodes, but yes, you will get that bookmark. Head to patreon.com forward slash football book club for more details. So if you enjoy the show, please consider joining up. It really does help us to keep making the show because books don't grow on trees. They are trees, kind of. And trees are expensive. But the Football Book Club Club isn't. So join today at patreon.com forward slash football book club or by following the link in the episode notes. See you back at the clubhouse. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Football Book Club, where we are still reading Roy Keane's Keane, the autobiography, and we are still joined by Grania Maguire. I'm still just doing my job. I'm still just doing my <laughs> still job. Still just doing your job. <laughs> no joy. No joy in her life. She's not in it for the glory. She's yeah. in it for the vindication. And we'll see if Grania has any joy at the end of the podcast, when she's done with the podcast. That's, what, that's, that's really, that's really what I want to see. That's happened. Um, Jack, we mentioned it earlier a little bit, but I know you wanted to talk about uh, some tickets. I find Roy and tickets fascinating and incredibly upsetting mm. again like like all things in this book really incredibly upsetting and very fascinating um he talks about how he when he got to um forest when he was at forest and they got to the uh final of the fa cup in 1991 mm-hmm. he talks against. about the build-up to that against spurs and yes yeah. spurs won yeah. um we're all very happy for you james <laughs> um <laughs> The, the no, he talks about, it was this was his first final and you really expect it to be like oh my god like i was really excited for it and he talks about like actually it was a bit of a nightmare because um everyone in ireland it seems <laughs> really wanted to get tickets from uh roy and roy felt like he couldn't say no so there's a lot of like people calling roy up and saying oh can you can you can you help me out or like i gotta get tickets for you know my brother and my my dad and all the rest of it and roy um asks the uh the the like he asks around quite a lot he buys tickets there's a bit where he talks about like how um he bought extra tickets for this uh for the final uh in, in case someone else is coming but in the end they didn't need them so they went to waste and he's furious about it and it, it, it affects him really badly he says that by he, by the time he goes out on the pitch he's like dead in his feet because he's so worried about tickets and it's bonkers <laughs> it is absolutely bonkers that this man playing in the biggest match of his life is so obsessed with like tickets and making sure that everyone has enough enough tickets to go around yeah and he says at the end which i this is the thing i found really interesting he said i learned something really important that day i should never ever worry about anything but football in the build-up to a big match and i was like yeah that that makes sense you're absolutely (laughs) right give that to someone else you're completely right what happens literally the next year literally when he's like he gets yeah. to man united and he's like well then of course the tickets thing started up again it's, every it's, fucking week people asking me for tickets it's incredible it's, we've never had anything like, like this before in a book it actually was we've had it mentioned a little bit before how um you know everyone will kind of come out the uh the woodwork and try and come get out tickets the woodwork. off you and but that it's you've only get a certain amount jokily. before yeah exactly whereas roy it, like for chapters and it, chapters it, cons- it plays in his mind it really does it consumes him it does he's more worried about it than anything else mm-hmm. and i it, it's just interesting because we you know you're talking about like dennis you know his the desire to please people and yes. his desire to like you know make sure that no one goes without and no one can be um no, no one, one thinks worse be... of him in ireland as yes. well people like who he no- vaguely knows family friends and stuff like that he doesn't want them gossing about him behind his back in cork and stuff yeah which is i think points to so insecure such an insecure guy like to to the point where he talked don't call him that no No. you know what i don't care (laughs) these are the thoughts of the friend of the show jet burn hart not uh not james you know what or grony mcgrath the fa is is uh is corrupt and roy keen is insecure very but i but i 
so that bit of the book, it was like a stress dream. <laughs> the whole thing, it was like a stress dream. And mm-hmm. it plays to your worst fears. Mm. Like, I will never be able to experience joy. I will always sabotage it for myself. No matter what I do, I will find something. And we've all been at times in our life where we thought, if I just get this, then mm. everything will be perfect. Be and yeah. I will be happy. And then... If we're not in a good headspace, we sabotage it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And to see somebody like that ruin, like destroy his own joy, is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that is that is amazing about it, and it's a little bit tied into this idea of like the the you know the the, the bullshitters and the whingers and the people we talk about bluffers, the bluffers. The important thing to remember is that, like, he talks about how he, you know, he doesn't need these people, and like, oh, agents are only just, you know, conniving people who take money and they kind of want to, you know, make you make you move and all the rest of it. And that's why I don't really need an agent apart from the one agent who I have, and he's good. Like, um, <laughs> like I, I don't need anyone else. Roy can do it himself. And then, like, the next page is like, I have to deal with this admin. I have to deal with this admin, and God, it was a faff. And you're like, Roy, get someone in. Just get an assist. Get one of these bluffers. Yeah. Get one of these like PR people. That's who what- you- that's the one so thing much. bluffers are good for. Bluffers are so <laughs> Get fucking rid of good. They, they, they're, they're so good at getting, like, just sorting out yeah. the admin shit. That's true. Oh. I, actually, the, the biggest, the most joy in the book, Jack, um, yeah. which you kind of neglected to mention, is when he's mm. made Man United captain, but not for the right reason, only because he's now in control of the tickets. He hasn't <laughs> got to, like, tickets. ask the captain for more tickets. He's <laughs> no, now the one he... who gets to choose how many you have. He's, he said it was like a double-sided coin, because first of all, obviously, I didn't have to ask anyone for tickets, and I suddenly, you know, people are coming to me. But also, then other people start coming out and being like, well, you definitely can get tickets now, can't you, Roy? So oh, now I have to get tickets for yeah. everyone. Oh. Like, Roy, just take a break. Just, just give the tickets to someone else. I really just, hope that uh, doesn't happen anymore with Roy I hope Roy because I can imagine this is people what I still mean. probably thinking get loads of tickets for United games and Forest games well, I, or just I whatever Sky he's, match he's doing and stuff he's probably made himself enough of a pariah at United uh, that that doesn't happen and also that at Sky like he sort of has this reputation as being like I feel like when it was, it was, it's definitely this, and I, I, I hope it doesn't happen now because I also hope that Roy is happy and secure in his in in himself, where he doesn't feel like he needs to prove himself to people who will never be satisfied. Which is, as Gronya says, the like the people you go back to at home. Like he's, do you think Mika Richards put- saved him? <laughs> Well, yeah, I th- hanging around, I, hanging I actually, around with Mika Richards on Sky all day, just laughing th- there, and being a, a silly a, guy has saved his life. There is a a really funny i think it's a video with is it with micka richards and is yeah and where they're just sort of like micka's laughing and like roy Keane is talking about like a certain type of food with someone and he seems to be having a really nice time out on on in the pub it just seems quite like chill and happy and i do hope that he is just i don't know i hope that i hope the front that he has now is an actual front and not like his actual personality Mm. because that will break my heart Mm. um but like this, this thing of um, you know, when you go back home and you want to, you, you don't you want to say, look how successful I am, but you also want to make sure that no one's like, oh, who does who does he think he is? Which is a big thing that comes up here a lot. Like those people, there'll always be someone. That someone will always find a whenever reason I go back to, to hate Missoula, Chelmsford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whenever yeah. James yeah. hits faces at the yeah. weekend, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What going. here he is. Here he is. Here uh, he is. Oh, just, talking, just about, talking about Anton Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is but th- those people will never really be satisfied also because they exist in roy's mind really like the like uh, 
he's never going to be satisfied with their answers, which is we're proud of Roy because he's always afraid that someone's going to turn around and go like, well, you know, that Roy Keane, oh, oh. Mm. like he, I think there's something quite sad about is, the fact that he's there, trying to please them through the tickets. Yeah. Is there something, this might be a bit of a tangent. Is well, we there like an it. argument mm-hmm. that Roy tr- tragedy, his tragedy is that he exists in this transitional space in, if you're talking about football culture, mm. between the old school masculinity of mm-hmm. like going for a pint and mm-hmm. not really bothering, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he then goes into this new world. He's mm-hmm. in this transition the sports into science world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports science, Beckham's brands, yep. uh, Instagram, yes. and he's fits into neither. I think that's a very I, I, good point. Actually, that's a very. Good I think point. it's. A, I think it's a good point. I think there is I space do... for that tangent. <laughs> I, the tangent accepted. Exactly. Yeah. I think. I think it's true, and I think that we've we've done a couple of footballers who occupy this space, and I think that Jason McAteer is one of them. Uh, Ginella, like, who, who occupies maybe Ginella yeah, occupies yeah. that sort of space of like someone who started playing football before the Premier League became massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Teddy Sheringham was actually another one, mm-hmm, L- mm-hmm. Uh, and Letizia as well. Like I think Sheringham that, started think, playing football in the early 1900s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, okay. I I think what's interesting what from my perspective about keen is i don't think that's the source of his anger and i don't think that's like the i i i don't think that is the i don't think he would have been happy in the 80s or happy in the 70s mm-hmm. i think that he would be per- perpetually furious and i think that maybe the the bullshitters and the and the the the, the money that came into the into the game was a good target but i also think that i think from how he talks about it even before that it's not as if he was like, um, yeah. like I I became a sports scientist, like you know I I bought into the Arsene Wenger stuff, and then I look back at my old life and I hated it, and like yeah. I couldn't face being in either thing. I think it's that he just seems to be a ball of rage and will take his anger out wherever. That's very true, and this is also during an era where he's like living like Alan Partridge in a travel tavern for eight season. I think it's, I think it's actually the four seasons in Manchester, or something like that, right? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. But um, I loved that. I really enjoyed yeah. that. I love him sort of like just padding down yep. after the match into the, the residence bar. Yeah. yeah, like the Irish pub that's built into the into the uh, hotel. <laughs> yeah. That feels like the, the type of thing that, that would be in a very convenient sitcom. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. What if yeah. he what if he just lives above an Irish pub? <laughs> can, can we write that in? Oh, is that a bit too <laughs> no? And what if Dennis Irwin's mates are always there and they always need tickets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens so much. It's so weird. I'm going to move us on to the big topics. No offense. It's not meant to be like me. uh, (laughs) It's not a slight on the ones that you brought me today. Um, I want to bring on to the the two big things from this book. Uh, First Mm. of all, most people probably know this book for the Alpha Inga Harland incidents. Obviously, Alpha Inga Harland, uh, as Roy says, he uh, he did his cruciates, didn't he? Roy did his cruciates or something like that on the pitch. Yeah, and, yeah. and Harlan stood over him, said like, oh, get up, he's faking it or something like that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, and then he kind of vowed to to make, to make get him back for that uh, and did so. As somebody who really knew absolutely nothing about anything, I this was my interpretation of it. Oh, that guy was really horrible to him. And then... Uh, a few matches later, he gave him a bit of a kick and he felt better about it. Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. only when I finished reading it, I was talking <laughs> to my uncle Jerry about it. And he said, oh, but he did end that guy's career. <laughs> and I yeah. had 
no idea. That's, that's, the, that's, that's awful. the other thing. I Yeah, and, it's really bad. And it's, but also, the thing that surprised me, because obviously that's the thing I knew was a big thing in this book, but it's mm-hmm. it's not even a paragraph. It's like yeah. it's three. It's, it's like two sentences. It goes, I've waited almost 180 minutes for Alfie. Three years if you looked at it another way. Now he had the ball on the far touchline. Alfie was taking the piss. I waited long enough. I fucking hit him hard. The ball was there. Brackets, I think. Take that, you C-word, and don't... He writes the C-word, I'm not going to say it. Uh, and don't ever stand over me again sneering about fake injuries and tell your pal Weatherall, David Weatherall, there's some for him as well. I don't wait for Mr... Didn't wait for Mr. Ellery to show the card. I turned and walked to the dressing room. That's it. That's everything about it. Mm. It's, uh, it well, shows how much, like, so many things... I mean, obviously, there are little bits here and there beforehand, but, but there's, yeah. it shows how many of these kind of things he's involved in, these scrapes that... He only needs to dedicate two lines to that. Am I right in thinking that when this book came out, he was then charged by the FA? Yes, for because because he clear it was clear here that he had meant to go in and injure him. Yeah, I There's think no... I think that is the case. And I don't think Harland actually retired by this point. I think he was probably still rehabilitating himself somewhere. I can't remember how it worked. It was it was around, but it's still he 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 still it's weird because like it's not it's like the um it's like if ryan shawcross wrote a book and then said like and then i kicked down ramsey and mm. whoops uh like yep. it, it, it sort of conveyed here as like oh it's a bit of a hard tackle but it's it's like it, 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 even if he hadn't yet retired mm. it's still like well <laughs> I, yep. I shattered his body yeah it is and there's no remorse no there's zero remorse None. and it's worth also saying that and this is something i hadn't realized because when i when we talked about it before i thought that harland had tackled roy and uh and that was the reason that roy was angry yeah it's not that no, it's, it's that roy was getting annoyed at harland yeah so tried to tackle him horribly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then did his le- did his knee and then harland said oh get up and then roy was out for a few months i think because he injured himself not because harland injured him and then for that reason roy's like well i now must kill alf inga harland <laughs> it's biblical isn't it it's it is biblical like game of thrones esque mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah it is, it is- vengeance yeah yeah it's, it's it's extremely petty i would say this case but um it is that but then also um this is a this is a real real face i mean obviously that one's a real face off the guy had his legs were smashed up but um yeah. th- th- this is a real this is a real hefty battle that as Gronia says has kind of like shook up ireland for a couple of mm. years and you know, it took over the the, the, the media world i remember it being a huge thing at the time we talked about it, it obviously huge. A hell of a lot because it was, let's be honest, the only interesting thing in Mick McCarthy's World Cup diary. But it was very, it was very interesting. It was very interesting in there. And I don't think Roy expresses the situation, expresses any of it particularly differently to how Mick does. But he does fill in a few of the gaps and he does it. Uh, and at least we see his side of it. But like everything yeah. still kind of lines up timeline wise. Like, you know, he starts off with him getting annoyed at him uh, on that coach in 1992 mm-hmm. wasn't it i think we said yep. on a on a trip where remember andy said there was that good line where um he says like wasn't it like mccarthy said first impressions bad and he said like first touch bad or something like that bad it was yeah that? uh it was like first tour out shit that was it uh first touch shit, shit that which was it. It, Nal quinn said that he said but which yeah. is really funny but then roy really says he didn't say anything that funny at all he says <laughs> you're right out of order you looking up i saw mitt mccarthy captain fantastic himself glaring down at me Go and fuck yourself, I told him. Much less funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not funny at all. Yeah. So, yeah. I would take credit for that great line that Nell Quinn gave me yeah. for that. Um, so then that happens, and then uh, all the same things build. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's fine with him during the qualifying period, but they're not particularly close, and he tries to get out of that Iran game by uh, 
he, 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 says, he says similar lines about like how yeah. he, he didn't he didn't need to be there, so he didn't want to go. And then he gets that that's bonkers. That stuff where you're like, because Tunnel is not. He sort of talks about how oh, like, yeah, Tunnel yeah, yeah, is yeah. like it's probably enough. Like, Iran probably are going to score three. I didn't think much yeah. of them. You're like, yes, but you are a professional, and you should yeah. know that obviously, like I, obviously, you should play in the second leg, and obviously, you should tell people you're not going to play in the second leg. I agree. If you're infuriating, and then uh, all the Japan stuff, like we mentioned before, they get there. The pitch is hard. They haven't got any of the equipment. Hasn't turned up. Uh, he talks about the special drink, Lucas Aid. He just calls yep. it the special drink. Our special drink hasn't turned up on page two hundred six. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? Is I thought it's always like George's marvelous medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's our special Lucas drink? Aid. <laughs> or Gatorade, as he calls it for some reason. Oh, We're never going to be massive now. <laughs> if we. <laughs> <laughs> the drink we drink with, to become giants drink me hang, hang around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and then uh yeah he, he talks quite frankly about how he does the interview uh he yeah kind of changes his mind and then uh whereas Mick mccarthy doesn't really he kind of just like censors everything he says like oh he was effing and blinding and said all these things uh roy does give a bit more of an insight there he says you're a fucking wanker. I didn't rate you as a player. I don't rate you as a manager. I don't rate you as a person. You're a fucking wanker and you can stick your woke up up your ass. I've got no respect for you. <laughs> so that is... Uh, <laughs> That's in there. doesn't mince his words at all, does he? You really... Get... Well, it's, I say that. I still think it's incredibly sneaky that he went to the press before. Yes, For a person who's quite happy to like yell at people in public. I think the fact that he did an interview with the press and Mick McCarthy had to do a whole awkward thing where it's like, have you got anything to tell the group? And then Roy says, it's like, he set me right up here. It's like, you set everyone up by going to the exactly. papers before. That, that, I think there's something really weird about Roy here, which, because what's also interesting, they have the interview at the end of the book mm-hmm. and you can read the interview yourself. And it's mad reading that thinking, if, if Roy gave that interview thinking that it was going to be interpreted any other way apart from how it was it's it's bananas to think that like it was just you know some hard truths you're like you're on the the eve of the world cup and you're basically saying like my players are shit and mm-hmm. and uh the preparation's been yeah. shit and all the yeah. rest of it like it like obviously you should know something's going to come out of that it's it's bananas to think it wouldn't and it's it's naive to think it wouldn't so i that- totally agree gron you have you got any i can defend him well well i, I will i just what I found absolutely fascinating was he printed this interview as mm-hmm. sort of a vindication. and Oh, at the back of the book? As, yeah. Yeah. And then here are two of the questions. I won't have the answers, but the fact, the subtext here, uh, the, the, the journalist asks him, why are the highs higher for you and the mm. lows lower? I thought and this was fascinating. the next question is, do you get depressed? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I th- but I actually thought his responses to those were really, really good. Actually, really, really insightful. What do you say? I try to get to level pegging. I don't want that, the highs and lows. I react. That's the way I am. That's what made me what I am, good and bad. But I like me. I do like me. I don't think I'm a bad person in my life and trying to get things level. When I was younger, I was up and down like a roller coaster. I was up, out, in headlines, injured and winning trophies, high up, low down, trying to get things down, accepting things. There's only so much you can accept. I thought that was brilliant. I was really, I think that's yeah. a really but I, great example. And then the depression, he says, I like, don't. I, I don't think it backs up in the book personally, but that's just. Yeah. I I think it is there a little bit in between it, but I, I do know what you mean. Can I just say on his behaviour in Saipan? Yep. Okay, he's yep. been chaotic. He's been chaotic. Yep. He's in his feelings, and I think he's just so frustrated. I think it's bottling up. It's mm. bottling up. It's bottling up. We've 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 been on this journey with this man. We know he's not very good at expressing his feelings. He's incredibly hard on in himself. He's incredibly driven. He's got. He's missed 
you know, one of the biggest matches of his career. Uh, mm. the, I can never remember the Premier Cup final. Champions League final. Well, Close. Champions League <laughs> final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he feels, and it's, FAI is a mess. It is an absolute mm. mess. It is a clown show. And I think it just got too much for him. I think he just got completely overwhelmed. And I think he got, you know, that feeling where it all gets too much for you and you're about mm. to send an email that you really regret, but it mm, would be amazing mm. when you send it. And he just mm. sent that email. Sent email. And yeah. and I just, I respect the purity of his passion and how he's feeling. He really cared. And yes, it was I messy agree. and he was self-sabotaging. But he I was agree, doing, he, but he, he, he wanted to, I to know, he cared. I agree, I agree, he did care, but he could have done it to the rest of the team. He could have done it in front and, of the, exactly. he could have done it with Mick, he could take Mick to one side and properly done it with him and then brought it up with the team. If it really got to a thing, and, at least bring and, it in front of them and not to a journalist, I would say. And also the, the thing that I think is upsetting is because it is a team sport, like that kind of like, that attitude, which I think is fair, is the kind of thing that works, you know, you can sabotage your own career, fine, but they, he was... It's a World Cup for Ireland. It's a World Cup for, you know, mm. 22 other players. And, and a country. Kind of at, and a country. Like, yeah. it is, you know, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. But either you, you bottle it up for this, these six weeks and you mm. swallow it down, or you say, I'm sorry, I can't do it beforehand. It was it was doing it in the actual World Cup itself. And it's like, sort uh, of... the French I, team in 2010, wasn't it? I think they yeah, were, they, yeah, just that that kind of massive, like, self-sabotage yeah. is sort of bonkers to me. But I also, like, because I, I, I do sort... I definitely understand it, but I also think there's a, there's a level of it which is that, in, in a way, again, to go back to this idea that Roy kind of creates the narrative and then the, the facts are then, like, extraneous to back it up. But, like... The thing is that Ireland did really well at that World Cup. They they got to the they they nearly got to the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't, you know, lost had a unlucky yeah. lost one shootouts to Spain. Like I think that for Roy, he's sort of in a way it's it's self um it's self perpetuating. Mm-hmm. The idea of like if I explode things now, then they'll ha- then they will lose against Cameroon and then I'll be vindicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's that's the really nasty thing about it that I can't like shake this idea that like. That he's sort of willing them to. to I, I can't get mm-hmm, past mm-hmm. the idea that I think he's sort of willing them to fail, Agreed. so that he can be justified yeah. in that narrative that he's created for himself in his head. That is true. So, Jack, I'm assuming your team, Mick, Gronio, I think <laughs> your team, your team, Roy, right? I'm 100. We're all look in the mm. in our darkest moments. We're all Roy Keane. I agree we're with all that. Roy Keane. I agree with that. I feel like I am. I feel like I'm more like Roy Keane, but I I want to be more like Mick. I think to an extent, <laughs> Mick has dealt with it a lot better. I think. But uh, overall, that is kind of at the end of the book. That is the that is the big thing in there. Did the book change you? And can I get a rating out of ten? Grania, did it change you? Yeah, it did. Go on. 100. Yeah, the fact that you read it so fast and you. All the way through, you were messaging me telling me how much you enjoyed it, which, like I say, is such a rare experience for this podcast. Wow. It's usually like, what have you made I me do? I'm three pages in and I hate every second of my life. <laughs> I just identified so much with him. Mm-hmm. I just, I really do. He's like, he's like, the fact, and just go back to Saipan, like he, he completely did that thing that we all do when we're really in our feelings doing the worst thing mm-hmm. last minute we get sanctimonious and think do you know what i'm not just doing it for myself i'm doing it for everybody yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and he just can't see the demons that no. are driving on and are ultimately destroying him and he just couldn't see it and i just think a- shakespearean this is shakespeare 
That's that's a ten I, out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten out. Oh my word. Ten out of ten. Bloody I think, hell. I think probably Laura Badger has probably already beaten Mick McCarthy just with that. Not quite actually. No. Yeah. Had to give it, had to give it extremely. Jack, I think you're going to give it a much lower score. Although um, I think Gronny's won you over a little bit. Um, no, I, oh, no, okay, I mean, no. she has, no, she, no, she has, <laughs> I think, I think Gronya has won me over in the sense that I think if you, if I was able to take a step back from it, I can see that sort of like meta, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, I, I, I feel almost infected by his own rage that makes me really angry about this whole thing. Go with your heart. And, What's the score? Um, it's a four. Four. What a polarizing book. Four. This is like I'm sorry. Michael Owen number I, three all over again. I just, I just wanted more joy. I just needed joy in there. Give me joy, the please. Roy Keen. Joy. Yeah, you the I want, Roy Keen. You're looking in the I wrong want place, joy man. Keen. You're looking. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All right. I guess a, that's a very that's very good. That's the joke of the day. Um, I'm going to give honest it honest failure than defeat. Can I just say? No. What's the one? No, he said some freeze, and I thought it was really profound. And Mel said it's one of the most cliched football freezes there is. Uh, it's like said, game of two rather, halves. <laughs> he said, "I would rather fail trying than concede defeat." That's okay. it. Okay. Or is it fail to prepare, prepare to fail? <laughs> yeah, that's what my PE no. teacher used to say to me all the uh. time. Uh, and I failed. Uh, I, um, I'm going to. I wasn't it, prepared. I think as long as I give it a score over two, it beats Mick McCarthy. And I am going to give it a score uh, over two. I'm going to give it an eight. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a very good wow. book. Not the best I've read so far. It still was a bit too Rooney-like at times. It was really good. Um, so that gives I, it a... Okay. Might be the best this series. 18, 22 divided by three. 7.33. Oof. Oh, my God. Very high. Um, sorry, Mitt McCarthy, but overall... Look how happy he Roy has beaten you by three points. Yeah, he does look... What is going on? Actually, yeah, he is smiling on the back of the book. That is, yeah. He's, he's angry at the front, book. and then when the book's over, yeah. he's happy on the back. Yeah, like all things. Like um, all things with Roy. Comedy and tragedy masks. <laughs> yeah. This week on the quiz, uh, you are both named after the only two things Roy seems to like in the book. Uh, Gronya, you're the British Airways air hostesses, who were very nice to him <laughs> on the way back from Ireland. Yeah. And yep. uh, Jack, your Trigg's the dog. Oh, of course. I'll take that. Um, so shout out your name if you think you know the answer. Question number one. What show does Roy watch on DVD when he flies back from Japan in disgrace? Oh, no. Only Fools and Horses. Uh, you got to say your name first. But that's oh, also not, um, that's Patricia. Also wrong. Patricia. Sinead. Yeah, <laughs> British Airways air hostess is, is your name, but okay, fine. Okay, go oh, that. I thought I had to give her a name, oh, no, so no, I no, gave no. her the name Patricia. Your name, your name is just British Airways hostess. We can go as Patricia. Why not Patricia? <laughs> it's British Airways stewardess. Yeah. Only yeah. Oh. horses. Not correct, I'm afraid. Oh, oh, yeah, Triggs. Um, yeah, Faulty Towers is correct. You're very close there, Gronia. Yeah, um, yeah. It is that. Good old Basil, he could manage Ireland. He says, could he? How <laughs> about that? Um, uh, number two, what football club did Roy support as a boy? Oh, um, Triggs. Yep. Spurs. It is, and he still supports them today, apparently. Uh, he's very mean. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, three. See, that's why he's so stressed and depressed. I agree. I agree. That's the, re- that's the I... real That's the real hit of meaning behind That's probably why I hate him. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> number three. Who would Roy fantasize about when lying in bed before making it as a footballer? Triggs. Yep. 
Kylie? It is Kylie Jack. It's <laughs> because he because he because he wouldn't stop watching Neighbours. He wouldn't stop watching Neighbours. <laughs> both books. That's the one uh, connecting factor yeah. between uh, Mick McCarthy. Neighbours could bring them together. Yeah, they could have just talked about how much they love Neighbours or how much. You know, it was Jason McAteer and Roy would import by that. Oh. Um, question number four. Three things. There's three answers here. Uh, what three things does Roy say dietitians recommend these days? I've mentioned two of them already. Cheese sandwiches? Not correct. Um, mm-hmm. Triggs. Yeah. Pasta? Yeah, pasta's one. One's a drink. Not Lucas. Special Lucas-Aid. drink. <laughs> What's another word for it? Oh, uh, I, I, isotonic sports drink. No, 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 no. They got more. Uh, the American. Aid. There we go. Grani's got a point. Oh, yeah, Grani. Yeah, it's a point. And one more. Uh, it's a general thing. It's not vegetables. It's salad. <laughs> no <Nope>. fruit. <laughs> fruit is the answer. <laughs> That'd be a good advert for salad. It's not vegetables. It's salad. Uh, and finally, like, why isn't it vegetable? They <laughs> yeah. are vegetable, aren't they? <laughs> and finally, uh, which footballer does Roy describe as nineteen going on ninety? Oh, uh, Triggs. Yep. Gary Neville. Oh my, Grania, he has got the advantage of having read the book today, though. Whereas we were yeah, good, that's true. good kids and read it at Christmas. So there we go. I read it on Boxing Day, same as Mick McCarthy, and a really boring day. Uh, Jack, you've smashed it there. I'm sorry, Grania. Uh, but you both get rewarded with a dramatic reading. Roy Keane goes watch shopping with Lee Sharp. Uh, <laughs> can, can, can someone uh, cue the dramatic music, please? Grania, you got to do it. Oh, Just, oh uh, do, do I do like... You can do that for the whole thing, but if you just want to say cue dramatic music, that'd also be great. <laughs> Both work. Both work. Cue dramatic music. Thank you very much. Feeling flush with recently acquired success and the bonuses that went with it, I decided to treat myself to an expensive watch. Lee Sharp was the man to see when looking for a good deal on clothes, cards, even watches. Lee always knew a man who'd see you right. He took me to a select jeweler's in town. This is my mate Roy, he's looking for a watch. No problem, said Lee's pal, as he produced a selection from beneath the counter where the, uh, the unvoiced understanding hinted the good stuff was kept for special customers. What a weird what sentence that, that is. Yeah. <laughs> what also, like, the, are, are they made of cocaine? What are they? <laughs> <laughs> the, the choice narrowed down to three all nice all fairly expensive but in my price range try not to appear too concerned about price I nevertheless noted that one cost 2000 another 1800 the third 1100 I was impressed when the jeweler suggested that the 1100 watch was the one I should choose fair play to him it earned less commission saying the least expensive of the three well done Lee I thought as I produced my credit card however when Lee's power returned with the receipt for my signature I felt sick really sick the bill was £11,000. <laughs> Just... Th- uh, footballers weren't earning what they earned those days. As That's well. true. That uh, like, I'm not, it, it's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot uh, of money. It, regardless of, of what you earn. It's a lot he of could money. have bought tickets for a whole season for all, everyone in Ireland for eleven grand. <laughs> Once probably. again, a lot. he's turned treating himself into the most anxious... Yes. yes. That is, this is very uncut gems, this bit. This is the him going to the pawn shop. <laughs> kind of second of that. <laughs> I'd misread the price tag. Now, with pride at stake, I didn't bottle it. Not much. I bottled it in a big way. Instead of explaining that there'd been an expensive mistake, I signed the receipt like a man. Uh, <laughs> I don't so, understand what his definition of a man is here. <laughs> he signed it with a steak knife. Yeah. <laughs> but. A man signing like uh, for a, a thousand, like a, an eleven thousand pound watch, as being like, "Oh, that's very man. That's a very manly thing yeah, to do." Sound oh, like yes. a man. <laughs> uh, outside the job, uh, outside the shop, I confess to Lee. Jesus, 
My dad's on the dole in Cork and I'm spending 11 grand on a fucking watch. Lee broke up laughing. Okay, I beg. Don't tell the lads. No, Roy. No way, Lee assured me. I won't say a word. Guess what? He told everyone. Couldn't wait and I couldn't blame him. The story kept the dressing room in good humor for days. How's that watch, Roy? Keep in time. Very good. <sighs> God, I ah, oh Roy, <laughs> oh Roy, that oh, is God. all for this week's episode. But we'll be back in a fortnight. If you can't wait that long, join the book club club on Patreon. Bookworm members of the club get a brand new episode, uh, a bonus chapter every other week where we chat even more about the book. It's three fifty to join. Please do or just support us for a quid. Head to patreon.com forward slash football book club. In the meantime, do get in touch with us at Footy Book Club. Uh, on X Instagram I called it X for the first time whoa uh, oh, at Football Book Club on Instagram that didn't go down well send us your thoughts your author footballer puns your Ken Zong requests Gronya, thank you so much for coming on the show today it's been a joy to read the book with you uh, anything to plug? Um, if you're a fan of rich people making very self-destructive choices you will love yeah. <laughs> my podcast The Way They Were Yes. Um, all about celebrity breakups. And we actually had a sort of semi-football themed episode when your podcast very own Jackie Bernhardt appeared. Oh, friend yeah. of the show, Jack Bernhardt. Yeah. How dare friend you? Of the show. And I I know it was Danny Bear. So who it was, was Danny, Bear. Danny Bear? Oh, Les Ferdinand. Les Ferdinand. Yeah. Les Ferdinand. Yeah. We did a oh. whole deep dive into their relationship was- and split. Oh. The amount of research that Gronya did on on that is incredible. Like she went to a library, amazing. Everything. Wow, <laughs> yeah, you, I know you do pull our research to that, and definitely listen. It's a great podcast. It's really funny. So much fun. Uh, shame uh, we don't know much about Roy Keane's partner. <laughs> That'd be a, now that you know so much about Roy, that'd be perfect. You could do. He could do Roy McCarthy. You could do Roy Keane and Mick McCarthy on uh, the way they were. <laughs> I've basically been this 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 podcast. Really, yeah, that's true. It. That is true. Thank you so much, everyone. Any last words? Do 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 <laughs> dramatic reading. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, Jack Bernhardt, and Gronya Maguire. It was produced and created by James Bug. The theme music, Hills Behind, is the work of Silent Partner and is used in the Creative Commons 4.0 license. Thanks to Roy for writing the book. We'll see you with a brand new autobiography in two weeks. See you then. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire, and this is Chantelle Fiduch and Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. I'm oh. loving the premise of this podcast. I think this is what we all need to be talking about at the moment. Nobody can beat the Beckhams in terms of unions. No one in the world. Everything about the Beckhams is insane. This is the most fun we've ever had. <laughs> I feel like I'm literally 12 again. My mum calling me in for dinner and I'm being like, no. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the, the way, way they were. were.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.